Uh, I'm just, okay, just talk into it. Like, I just want to see the level levels while blah, you're... Blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Perfect. That's a good blah, blah. <laughs> Thank you. It's my best one yet. I know. It actually is uh, mm-hmm. working out. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Like, fuck. fuck. Yes. This is horrible. <laughs> like, trying to get it figured out? God damn it. I'm not a, like, an audio visual, <clears throat> like, tech. So trying to figure it out <laughs> blows. But... Uh, we're gonna have people do it for us and we just won't give a shit. Oh, right. I have to water my plants. Frank, go away. Frankie, go to sleep. Pass out. Somewhere. He is a little bitch. He is a uh, fucking needy, attention-seeking. Fuck. Okay, I'm gonna go put him uh, over the gate. I'll be right back. Well, welcome back, guys, for episode 22. 22. Uh, no, wait. Oh, shit, I forgot. <laughs> you just said it. <laughs> How's everyone's week? Mine's been like... Okay. How about you, Chantal? It's fine. Right? It's literally <laughs> just been like, meh. I don't have anything exciting to report. I don't live a very exciting life. Like, we both work and stuff. I know. I don't really have anything. Like, the most exciting things is like if there's banner events with the fam... Mm-hmm. Or something that you and I are doing, like stuff that's going on right now. But other than that, my day-to-day life is its pretty boring, which is okay with me. Totally. So, so yeah. My day-to-day is pretty much the same, just different dynamic. Yeah. But I do have some adorable asshole bears that fuck my shit up. On my property, anyway. So, <laughs> I have a video. I mean, I have lots of videos of bears on the property. But this dumb bear, this one was special. Couldn't figure out how to get into the garbage bins, which was on one side of the the gate that I have in the front yard. And it's literally like, just lift the lid or knock it over. Uh Uh-uh. Fucker had to go over the rocks to the other side of the gate and yank on it. And you can hear the crunching of the wood snapping in the video. Then went back to where he was before, or she, and knocked over the garbage cans and and took garbage away and i was like fuck (laughs) i love that gate like i got it from a farmer up in enderby north i mean from here anyway (laughs) like enderby is not no no but from here it is like an hour and a half out Uh, and it wasn't enderby i just can't remember the name right now and it was beautiful like they had a farm and it was just gorgeous anyway so i got this gate never fucked it up i know i can fix it but the one piece of wood is completely snapped and I'm mad. What were we talking about? <laughs> bears. Asshole bears. No, I know. But before that, holy crap, my attention span has been really bad. Squirrel. Squirrel. I have been scrolling so much. It's annoying. Me too. I ran out of ADHD medication. <gasps> no. Yes. Why didn't you get like more? I forgot to make an appointment. God damn it. I Chantal. Know. I know. God damn it. I know. That's what a calendar's for. I have a calendar, too, and I use it. I use my calendar all the time. I just forgot to put it in. How about this? And I forgot about it. Let me know, and I'll put it in my calendar, and I'll remind you. Okay. Because that's bad. Yeah, so I'll make an appointment tomorrow, mm-hmm. and hopefully I get in soon, <laughs> and then I can get some more medication. Yep. Because squirrel. It's horrible. <laughs> just so everybody knows, there's a whole lot more to do with ADHD than squirreling. Oh, We're just making yeah. light of it. Totally. But trust us, and anybody who is on the spectrum for ADHD that... There is a whole lot more to it than just squirreling. That is a small fraction. I was not diagnosed with it when I was younger because it wasn't really a thing. And girls tend to get diagnosed later. Same with autism. Yeah. 
Girls so always, or well, not always, but very, uh, it's it's more prominent. We get a late diagnosis. Yeah. Yeah. I actually have report cards still physically that I can show you. And the, t- the teacher's comments are hilarious. Like Diana's great. Like she's wonderful. She's a, a smart student. But, you know, she'll, like, start a sentence, like, writing it out and doesn't finish and starts the next one. And it was true. I would just, <laughs> halfway through the sentence, just like, eh, squirrel. And then, you know, the next and They know what I mean. <laughs> right? But I never noticed doing it yeah. until, because I always kept all of my books and stuff, right? So <laughs> when I started looking at my report cards later in life, I was like, what? Then I would look and I was like, holy shit. I literally would stop mid-sentence. No periods, no nothing. Boom. Start a, the next sentence at a half sentence. Like, <laughs> oh, wow. That must have been confusing for the teachers. But it wasn't a di- It wasn't diagnosed then. I was diagnosed as an adult. And I was like, oh, my God, this makes so much sense. So, yeah, no, we're not making light of it. We both have it. And multiple family members and friends that I have. And you have it. It's it's not funny. But, you know, you got to make light of the situation. Living by pharmaceuticals is okay sometimes. Yes, it is. It is okay to be medicated. <laughs> totally. Actually, one of the things I wanted to bring up, not ADHD related, is I know that now that we've had, a, uh, like, uh, well, 21 episodes out... And we keep joking around about emailing us and, you know, we tell you to fuck off. But, like, if there's a story that we have talked about, and it's all research-based, okay? So, like, we go into our story. Like, we research the fuck. It's a second job. Yeah. We research it and put it together. It doesn't mean it's going to be 100% accurate. And we both have said that. Like, oh, my God, what's her name? The one that had her fucking throat slit and she still survived. Oh, Allison. Allison, that's it. Okay. I can't remember her last name, but Allison. It's okay. Yeah. So when we do our girls murder or uh, true crime night, that's one of the things I want yes. to say. Allison. Absolutely. Like it has to be on. Yeah, hey. that documentary. Yep. Yeah. Shit, where was I going? <laughs> Squirrel. No, seriously. Where was I going with that? <laughs> You're talking about, I don't know, something about 21 episodes. <laughs> oh, right. Allison. Okay. God damn it. So. The point is, after you wrote that episode and we watched it and you were like, oh my God, I didn't know this and this and this and I wish I had so we can add it. So we are wanting people to reach out if we talk about a scenario or whatever, a a crime. And again, we're going by what we find online. And also anecdotes, like credible anecdotes from people who may have lived through it or whatever, who, you know, can touch on yeah whatever it may be yeah but if you have extra information or we may have said something that's not 100% accurate because that's what we found online we're okay getting that feedback Mm -hmm. and being like oh well this was not 100% accurate because of this or whatever we talk about a place and oh my god it's like the biggest shithole on the face of the earth but this one dot on the map right so we want people and we've had some of that and we want to address it in a later episode we were not sure how we were going to do it i remember we talked about this even pre starting the episode or or the podcast and we were like okay so do we do like one episode where it corrects all of the not corrects but like brings in stuff we've said or not said stuff we said that might not be 100 percent accurate blah 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 because i do listen to a few more murder podcasts that do that But then I listen to others where it's like the next episode. Oh, well, we were just told not 100% accurate. So, I mean, I might, I feel like we we probably should do that version of it because the way we scroll. (laughs) 
we probably won't remember to put it all into one episode because <laughs> we're just talking about corrections and additions and blah 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 anyway yeah so i have had some feedback on an episode that we will be adding to our next one because i didn't want to do it this one because i'm just tired and we have a lot of shit going on so we will but yes please if there's anything we talk about that is not 100 accurate or you have some feedback inside information <laughs> inside trading so we can get rich i'm kidding i'm not kidding like that kind of stuff it's great. Yeah, Chantal's rolling her eyes at me. I'm scrolling real hard right now. I feel like I just, like, I don't know. Did you understand that sentence? <laughs> but please, we appreciate your feedback. And uh, some of them we might say fuck you too. I just wanted to throw that in there. Don't laugh at me. I mean, laugh at me. It's totally I'm going to laugh at you anyways. I know. I re-injured my fucking foot after coming back from Vancouver. That was unfortunate. Yeah, I thought potentially I broke it again, but I think it's just aggravated whatever is going on there. I do have an appointment that I set up three months ago with a surgeon. It's at the end of November. I thought it was the end of October and it doesn't mean I'm going to get surgery, but they have more insight and they can yeah. look at it and be like, okay, we got to do this, this, whatever. <clears throat> so I'm curious to see when I'm at that appointment, if it was just outside kind of injury or if was some internal shit because there is bruising and my foot swelled and it was horrible but like i don't know if i actually re-injured the bone part of it or if it was just outside shit yeah like bruising and stuff so i feel like i'm doing all the talking please talk chantelle because you normally talk a lot <laughs> and you're like totally looking at me stone cold face say something okay so we went paint shopping for our studio set up today Yes, we did. That was exciting. My goal was to come out with paint, but then there was so many really cool colors. And by the way, I'm super happy that the sales lady was like, no, 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 take this home, put it on the wall, see, you know? And I was like, you know what? Fine. It was my personality. I was like, no, I need paint like now. It doesn't mean I'm going to paint this week, but I want it now because it means I'm going in the right direction. I get it. I'm like that too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I was grateful that she said that because I was like, okay, fine. Me too. And yeah, we came home with the colors and then we thought of new shit and we're so stoked. It's going to be ready in the next, I think two weeks it'll be done. Like the painting carpet, all that kind of shit, I think. Mm, I don't know. Maybe I hope so. But like if if we're going to, if I'm going to do that, uh, that artsy design that we talked about. Uh, oh, know. that's different. Though, like, but I mean the main paint, like oh, just the oh, main yeah, yeah. painting main and stuff carpet. A couple weeks. Yeah, yeah, like the main painting and carpet. Yeah, that's it. Couple weeks. Yeah. <laughs> then all the artsy stuff is going to come after, and that's going to take time. That's fine. So that's exciting because it just means we're a step closer to our dream. Yeah. So exciting. How many people can say they have a studio in their house? I can. I mean, not yet, but it's going to happen. <laughs> we do have a studio. It's just not ready yet. It is. It's bare bones right now. Yeah carpets ripped out josh helped us move shit around and then he yep. did the carpet ripping and i am so grateful because i am doing it so when he was like because we were doing a dump run he's like i have zero interest in going to the dump and i know he hates it and i was like fine but we need the and he was like all over ripping the carpet out in my head and i wanted to say it to him but i was like no in my head it was like you picked the shittiest job of both he totally did just pulling two mattresses out of the truck and putting in the dump easy peasy no he chose the, he didn't have to, he's a homebody like me. He chose not leaving, having to leave the house, ripping up the carpet and throwing it outside. 
I didn't want to do it. That was the least favorite part of everything was yeah, that. Same. So the fact that he was like, I'll do it. We were like, right. Yay. <laughs> oh, yep. So we're super stoked to get our studio set up. And then this week felt like the longest week of my life. Oh, man. It did for me, too. And we technically <laughs> didn't go a whole week without seeing each other. And it was like, I haven't seen you in forever. It's weird. I know. Not okay. And you were, you were we didn't see each other for what, six days? <gasps> Maybe. I think it was six days. Yeah. It wasn't a full week. Nope. And it felt like forever. I know. I was just so excited for you to come home. When you were in Vancouver, I was like, okay, she, yeah, she's going to be home in like two days. Yeah. And then finally, when you were coming home Sunday, I'm like, that's it. She's never allowed to leave again. <laughs> Yeah, I get that feeling. Can't leave me anymore. No, it's kind of weird. We saw each other and we hugged each other and it was like, oh my God, I'm so happy to see you. And I was like, we really, it was six, <laughs> five, six days ago. But it felt like forever. It did because we're t- together so much. <sighs> the way it should be. <laughs> exactly. I'm not okay with anything else. <laughs> I know neither am I. So it sucks to be away from you. Yes, it sucks to be away from you too. Um. So yeah, coming back from Vancouver... I fully admit I was in my PJs all week and it felt good. But at the same time, you're like, oh my God, get dressed, wash your face. I mean, I was washing my face, but you know what I mean? Put makeup on, do your hair. I was like, no, I refuse. (laughs) Not this week. Um, Yeah. Like traveling like I did for work and then doing the show, you know, you're meeting people, you're standing, you're talking like forever. It's exhausting. Yep. So I come home from that and I drove there and back and I, willingly I did it. I love driving and two of my coworkers live in town. So they drove here and then I drove and it, it is exhausting. Oh, for sure. So physically I was like <laughs> shutting the fuck down. Peace out, bitches. Like I was just like, nope, I could be naked. And I was, <laughs> <laughs> but still I can't do that in public. So, anyway. No, no. That's I mean, thing. you can, but. You can, but then uh, the police get called. Yeah, there can be some problems. Neighbors would be not okay with it. I remember going to a football game once at the Apple Bowl. I think it was in high school and somebody streaked. It was so funny. They just do it. Some people like to be naked, but they like the attention. It's not that the... Yeah, it's the attention at events like that. So I was at the Merritt Base Coast. So it's a three-ish day event. And everyone goes, you're listening to rave, you're listening to everything. It's a, it's a music festival. Yeah. And anything goes. People are naked. People are doing drugs. People are just doing their shit. And there was this one Doing each other. That, there's lots of that. Going in the porta-potties, which I do not, oh my, they, people that go into those porta-potties at these events have to be so high on fucking drugs that they're able to go in and be like, it's fine. No, no. Mm-mm. I needed to go into the bush in the middle of nowhere. I went into town sometimes <laughs> to the Boston Pizza or whatever because I was like, I can't. People were bathing in the river there. But it's it's an all out whatever, and it's it's good, and the music is great, the atmosphere is great, but the porta potties, oh my. There's a reason why we call people complete porta potties. Yeah, that's oh why. Yeah, because they're disgusting. Ew. Porta potties are fucking nasty. Yeah. And the fact that people could go in there and come out and not ugh. be grossed out. Blech. Anyway. Gross. So at this event, yes, people love to go naked and it's allowed and that's great. And it's funny <laughs> that the people that are generally well endowed are like, look at my shit. <laughs> look at my shit. Look at my titties. Yeah. 
and I'm talking, oh, there's this one guy, and he was short and kind of like frumpy looking, whatever, but he has the, he had the biggest fucking dick I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> really? And he wrapped a cape around his neck, and that's why he walked around, arms up in the air, finger, and he was just like, yeah, look at my fucking dick, bitches. And it wasn't <laughs> even hard. It wasn't. I could only imagine. And the whole time, dick out. <laughs> like, <laughs> yep. And I was like, good for you, man. Good for you. I don't even know how we got on this topic, but we're talking about it. Yeah. But it was, yeah, like everyone was fucking naked. I wore a bikini top and a mini jean skirt or my bikini bottom because, you know, I was kind of working the, sh- the show a little bit, but it was just like, yeah, I'm not quite there. Yeah. There's so many people. There was a pregnant woman. She looked like she was nine months pregnant. Full ass butt naked. Good was, for her. Good for you, girl. <laughs> like, good for her. Fuck you, man. You know? The fact that she was walking around comfortable and confident, I was like, good for you. Yeah. I want that kind of confidence. Right? God damn it. But this one guy, oh yeah. And he knew. He knew it. And he fucking flaunted the shit out of it. He sliced some cake with it. <laughs> if nobody knows what that is, I'm going to post a gif of it. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yes. He sliced some fake cake. And at one point I was like. (laughs) Just rocking out with his cock out. Yeah. Do it. (laughs) Him and his fucking cape and cock. That's it. It was great. I actually really want to go back to that festival. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. And it was cool because like every area you went to, it's in in the woods. So you're surrounded by trees and shit. But it was music varied a little bit so there was like more drumming kind of here there was more rave here there was more anyway it was a really cool fucking thing and everyone's high as balls and everyone's just happy and wanting to hug the, a tree and it's like these are my people sort of <laughs> not, yeah, sort not a hundred percent but yes but yeah no, it was super cool anyway why are we talking about this guy with those ginormous Cakes, dicks. Yeah, ginormous dicks. I don't know. I don't know. Well, again, squirreling people. Sorry. It's, <laughs> it's going to happen. So I was talking to my friend Sierra. I wanted to do a shout out to her company. She has her photography business in Vernon, uh, British Columbia. And she does amazing fucking work. She does. She's done so much stuff. But right now her focus is boudoir. Is that how you say it? Yeah, boudoir. Yeah. yeah. And she involves everyone in it. Because everyone deserves yeah, to feel exactly. pretty. Exactly. Everybody. Everyone. Everybody's beautiful. And yes, thank you. And everyone is beautiful. And Sierra brings that beauty out and she makes you feel beautiful. Yep. And I want to do a boudoir shoot with her. I know. And yep. she actually gifted it to me for my birthday and I still haven't done it. Yeah, you should do it. Because of my own fucking insecurities and I admit I have them. 100%. Everybody does. 100%. But she gifted it to me for my birthday and I'm like, I'm going to do it. But she is phenomenal, and she does beautiful shit. Mm-hmm. Definitely and check her out. Yeah, 100%. Very skilled photographer. Fuck yeah. So yeah, for anyone that's interested, look up Pillow Talk Studios in Vernon, BC. Why am I talking about this? <laughs> Squirrel! Thank you, hi! Oh my! No, seriously, what are we talking about? <laughs> I don't know, you brought up Sierra's photography oh, company. The Jesus reason- fuck woman, stay on track! I can't. <laughs> At all tonight. So the reason reason why I brought it up, I just remembered, is that Sierra is an animal lover, like we both are, and she's got like a buttload of frogs, she has a dog, she has cats, she has a a snake now, and she talked to me about getting the setup of your tank 
where it's as natural as possible for the animal and very little cleanup for you. I'm all about that shit. So bioactive setups are phenomenal. And I mean, it's not bioactive, but I've been cleaning up cat shit. And my son has for years and we always have three plus cats. It's usually about four. You get tired of shoveling cat shit. Oh God, I know. I'm sick of it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, four years ago-ish, I got automated cat boxes. It's actually hooked up to my water line and the it flushes out into either a toilet or the exit from the washer, like your washing machine. So that's what I ha- have it set up to. So anytime the cat goes in, it knows and you can set it up differently, obviously, but I have four cats. So, and, and cats generally are very clean and they do not like to potty in a place that's dirty, really. Yeah. So anytime they go in, it, it uh, triggers it and it gives it a, oh, like a 45 second. I can't remember exactly what the weight is in case another cat goes in and then it scoops it out. It's automated. Then it fucking flushes it. Like it grinds it all down, flushes the shit out of it, washes it. And boom, new litter box. Josh was, I mean, he did a lot of the cleanup board thing. But that's what you do when you have kids. Here's the shitty job. <laughs> yeah, so Cecily cleans the litter boxes. Yeah, that's what you do she when you have kids. She cleans those, yeah, she feeds the animals. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I did it, yes, Josh as yep, well. Yeah, I do when a, I was a kid. It was the two of us and uh, mainly him. So when we got that, Josh was like, oh, yeah. The oh, it was amazing. Yeah. So now that I know I can do that with my fucking reptile tanks, I'm like, what? And have real plants in there and stuff for them. It's cool. Like, so I set up Charlie first and it, it's so weird and cool to see because it's not like the, tip, like the weird grass turf, like the fake shit. You get special bugs that They're grow like little in isopod bugs. Isopods, yeah. yeah. Like there's a bunch of different ones, and depending on the animal <clears throat> you have, there's different ones that will work. Yeah. For that specific uh, specific animal, so I have two types of isopods in the soil for Charlie, and then I put some superworms in there. But superworms can be quite destructive. Like they can eat roots of plants and stuff, but like she loves them. So I might need to breed them separately for her. But like I threw in a few just to see how they do with the plants. Like I just kind of want to see how they do. She seems to be quite happy because it's, I'm sure she's like, what the fuck is this? Because she's never lived in her natural or what should be natural habitat. So she seems quite happy and she, oh yeah, she started digging and she was like exploring everything. And she's, I'm happy that she has this. Yeah, me too. It's not cheap to set up. So I have four more tanks to set up. So I was saying every month I'm going to set up a new one and it doesn't have to be like the full shebang, just the basic. And then you can always add plants. You can always add to it. Right. So like, I want the same for my snakes. That's the way it should be. Yeah. I'm going to do it for orchid too. Now that I know it's an option, I had no idea. It's not something you think about. It's just like whatever they sell you at the store. You're like, oh, just get the the gross green turf. Just do that. So I was super fucking happy yeah. that Sierra brought that to my attention because she did it with her frogs and now she set up her snake opal today the same way. She's a, a he is a corn snake. But yeah, that's why I brought up Sierra because <laughs> I was thinking of Charlie's tank. Mm-hmm. But oh my, it takes a while for it to develop the bugs growing and everything, but it looks so much better too. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like a cheap golf course. A cheap golf course. That's how I always thought of it. <laughs> it always looked like a cheap golf course. 
With the like the turf and shit? It's always what it looked like to me. Now they're not living in a cheap golf course in a glass tank. And lastly, but not least, movies. Oh my god. I gotta let Chantal go nuts. Okay, so we watched these two movies. Diana's already seen them. And she, for the past, oh my god, the past what, like four or five movies we've watched? Yeah. All recommendations for me. Yeah, they've all been recommendations from Diana. <laughs> and they have all been just like, well, they've all been amazing, but yes. most most of them have been whack as fuck. Yes, and I warn you. Weird, yeah. I always warn her. I'm like, this is fucked up. Yeah. Because I need her to understand it's fucked up. So anyway, I will let you know when it's that fucked up. So when I say that to you, I know you generally know, oh shit, I'm in for a ride. Yeah, I'm in for a ride. <laughs> yeah, so we watched these two movies yesterday. Or, well, no, we watched one Friday night and one last night. So Friday, no, Friday night we no, watched we two watched movies. we watched two movies. On Friday, we watched The Cell and... What was the other one we watched? Oh, 13 Ghosts. Right. So 13 Ghosts was cheese. It was grand fromage. It was. Lots of fromage there. So. Ultimate fromage. I remember watching that movie and being terrified. Which is hilarious. And I was, I was like, what the <laughs> How can I be fuck? scared of this? Because it was pre my watching horror movies. I watched it once. Once. And I was like, we have to watch it again. It was so fucked up. Oh my! And then we watched it and I was like, I'm so sorry. That was the cheeses of cheese balls. It was I don't even so know. cheesy. It was horrible. I was actually, I'm actually kind of embarrassed that that scared me. <laughs> I'm embarrassed that scared me. Dude, but... E.T. used to scare me, okay? Oh, it's well. all good. All don't right. be embarrassed. The night before Chantal came here, I just want to throw that in before we talk about the movies okay. we watched together. I Okay, so my trauma <laughs> of horror movies and shit started when I was five. Because my mother, and not just her, my dad was there, my aunts and uncles, we all lived in, in the same space. They all thought it was hilarious to let us watch Nightmare on Elm Street. So I had no idea. Freddy Krueger so and funny. shit. So funny. I couldn't sleep with my TV off or the lights in my room off until my late 30s, uh, sorry, late 20s. I was so afraid of shit. After watching that movie, uh, my brother, my sister, and I shared a room. And we had bunk beds and then a, a single bed. I slept in the middle of the bed and I made my brother sleep on one side, my sister sleep on the other. It was a single bed. One of them kept falling off the bed. <laughs> and I didn't care because I was like, I'm scared of shit. And they didn't know. They were too young to understand. But yeah, my parents thought it was fucking hilarious to let me watch that shit. Then I watched it now as a 44-year-old. Johnny Depp is young. Yeah, he's <laughs> like a baby. As it was happening, the scenes were happening. Yeah. I remember it vividly. I don't know. It was just weird. But I watched it finally after 39. I was say 39 years. 39 years. After 39 years, I finally watched it. Oh, wow. I would never, ever let a fucking anyone under a certain age watch it. But Mm -hmm. my parents did. But yeah. So, I mean, I was, it was justified. The fear. (laughs) So much cheese. 13 Ghosts. Same thing. It was very cheesy. Oh, my God. Okay, so now I'm going to let you talk about the other movies. So then we watched a movie called The Cell with Jennifer Lopez, and whoever wrote that movie was tripping balls on acid, (laughs) meth, and we're definitely doing bumps of coke. Everything. Because The the Cell is fucking insane. It's like one of those movies, they're hard to even explain because they're so strange. Just the weirdest shit is happening the weirdest characters 
things where like you literally can't explain it you just have to watch it it's just it's one of those movies it's just the wackiest shit it's it's something that is a acid-fueled trip yeah and just when that's you, the movie and I, I know i've said this to you with these types of movies before i'm like just when you think it, it is at the weirdest it's not continue yeah i just had to throw that in there <laughs> yeah so it's it's pretty crazy <clears throat> and then last night we watched oh god we watched a movie called men and it was an extremely symbolic movie so Honestly, unless you understand, like, if, if you go into the movie already knowing what the symbolism is about, like, what the, what, how it's supposed to go, then you would understand it. But if you just watch the movie, <laughs> no matter how much you pay attention, especially in the last, like, ten minutes, you're like, what is even fucking happening anymore? <laughs> like, they, the screenwriters just fucking, like, did the biggest Hollywood and just went right off the rails. So they're like, okay, guys, we have... The last bit of this movie. Let's Let go. Us snort some coke. Let's do whatever drugs we have available to us and write the last last ten minutes. That is go. what they did. <laughs> go. <laughs> Honestly, though, all jokes aside, the symbolism was really amazing, and mm. I'm pretty sure the director was or is a man, which makes it even kind of more great that yeah. he touched on the misogyny and stuff like that with men. And the symbolism has so much to do with just how men can be very toxic towards women and how much women get gaslighted in domestic violence mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And obviously, yes, it happens to men too. It's not just women, absolutely. Nope. But right now, I am talking about yeah, well, women of the being movie. the victims. It's because the of the movie, movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's incredible. But again, you have to understand the symbolism to really understand what the hell is going on? <laughs> and so after it was like, even while it was happening, I was looking at Diane and I'm like, what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> what? And there's a lot of nudity too. And frontal, frontal nudity. male nudity, which yeah. is something that honestly, a lot of us just are not used to. In it movies. doesn't happen. A lot it does not movies, happen no. very much. It's women who are always naked, but very rarely are men fully it's nude in movies. Dicks and balls out. Dicks and movie. balls out in this movie, Look at man. my junk. Yeah, seriously. Check out my junk. <laughs> and so it was, it's a lot to take in. <laughs> that's what she said. It is, but I warned you, man. I know you did. I, I know did. you did. But and yeah, that's what she said. And, yeah, and you know. um, yeah. So I I watched or not watched. I read a write up about it after afterwards of the symbolism. Symbolism? Is that how you say? Symbolism. Symbolism? I don't know. I think it's symbolism. It's symbolism. symbolism. That doesn't sound right. It sounds like a drunk person trying to say a word. <laughs> it does. And I haven't even had anything I to drink. Or a, dr or a high person, but you're not really high right no, now either. No, not high at all. No. Um, so, yeah, you just it, it was great to get a breakdown of the symbolism of what the fuck is going on. Um, but highly recommend both movies. Fuck yeah. Watch The Cell. Watch Men. Men is weird. They're both just super, super weird. Yeah. Well, I love psychological thrillers, though. So do I. So I want to watch, and I've watched The Cell so many times, and it was funny. It was one of those movies where I was like, I don't know if I like it, <laughs> but I kept watching it. So clearly I like it if I keep watching it. I used to own it on VHS, <laughs> but, and then I was like, you have to watch this because it also ties into what we talk about on these episodes. Yeah. And that was kind of like the reason why I brought it up to you. And then we watched it again and it had been a while since I watched it and it was different for me to watch it now, but fantastic. So I'm super happy you liked it. And then yes, men, 
I watched it by myself and I was quiet the whole time. And then at the end, I was like, what the, f what in the actual fuck did I just watch? And I put it on our movie list for me and you because I was like, I don't know if I want to tell you about this because I was so like, what? But then I was like, no, if I watch it, she has to watch it. Like, if you fucking... If, you know what? If I watch it, you have to fucking go through this shit, too. Yeah, that's like the rule with us with movies. Yeah. And I always... <clears throat> generally, with movies, I always do, like, a, a look up after. Yeah. And read about it. But this one in particular, I had to. What in the actual fuck? And then I read it, and that's what I sent you and then you read it but like it made so much sense when you read it yeah so going into it if you're going in not knowing anything you're like what but even even if you knew going in what it's all about you'd still be like what, what fuck <laughs> but it's weird symbolism it totally is Strange. very well acted though oh yeah oh my it was very very well done yeah but i'm just letting you guys know guys girls the last 10 minutes? Fuckle the buck up. Wait. Buckle the fuck up. Fuckle the buck up. Fuckle <laughs> the buck up. <laughs> Buckle the fuck up. That's how much this movie fucks my shit up. <laughs> Fuckle the buck up. That's all I gotta say. No, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Done! That's okay, it. so who went first last week? I have no idea. You go first. Alright. So... After all, all of that mumbo-jumbo, we're going to get into our stories. And I'm going to go first. We can't remember who went first last week, so doesn't matter. Nope. <laughs> so my sources are Wikipedia, and I can't remember because <laughs> apparently I forgot to write them down. Because I've been scrolling so hard this week. Holy crap. Uh, there was a few fucking newspaper articles, so I'll post them on Insta. Because I just realized I forgot to write the rest down. Triggers. Kidnapping, rape, torture, suspected murder, bestiality. Ooh. A little bit. Not a lot. But still not okay. I, I just feel like, I mean, it's it's minute, but I still feel like I need to. Well, yeah, for sure. It needs to be it's, talked it's about. Like, it's like. It's something that happens. One sentence. Yes. But it's, yeah. So my story is about David Parker Ray, a.k.a. the Toy Box Killer. I think I've heard of him. Because I talked I to you about it. I was going to do him. Well, not do him. But I was going to do the story. A few Obviously. Ep like numbers of episodes ago. And then I told you I wasn't feeling it that day. So yeah. I changed it. So I don't know if that's why you're remembering it. Because I told you it was a toy box killer. Oh, maybe. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Well, we'll see. How yeah. about that? Let me know. So David was born on November 6th of 1939. Uh, so it was him and his younger sister, Peggy. They lived with their very strict grandfather. Their father, who was a extremely violent alcoholic, would visit them from time to time. He gave David magazines that depicted sadomasochistic pornography with every single visit he had with them. Yikes. You have a, an abusive father and he brings you this shit. This is going to turn out real well. So Let's go back to the good old days. Ah, oh my. The good you know old what? days. Everyone. <laughs> uh, all the boomers that say, let's go back to the good old days. I love all the memes that are like, sure. And then they have all yeah. the serial, major serial killers yeah. listed from that time. And yeah. it's like, good old days? Good old days. Back when there was no mental health checks available, nothing. Yeah. Women no had no rights. Yeah, they were treated like shit from their abusive 
alcoholic husbands and stuff. Anyone that wasn't white, like, go fuck yourself. Yeah, exactly. Like, all if that. you weren't straight, go die. Oh, go die. All of that. Yeah, good old days. Hey, so you know what? Those were the good old days, guys. Those were the good old days. Let's go back to that. Totally. Not. Anyway. David had sexual fantasies of raping, torturing, and murdering women in his teens. Huh. Oh, my. Would have never guessed. I. I'm shocked. <laughs> his sister found a bunch of these crazy magazines and sadomasochistic drawings that he had made. And a bunch of other pornography, just photos, videos, everything that included bondage mainly. When he finished high school, he worked as a general mechanic for the U.S. Army and later received an honorable discharge. David had four divorces over his life and had two kids from those divorces, including one of his accomplices who happened to be his daughter. She was born Glenda Jean Ray, but her name is jesse ray so yeah one of his accomplices was one of his daughters and it's weird because that's not uncommon in, no. in these things like yeah. I've, I've had a few stories where i've talked and about and yeah. the children anyway it's sad <clears throat> so david soundproofed a semi-trailer which he called his quote toy box end quote and equipped it with things used for sexual torture he presumably killed his victims using whips chains pulleys, straps, clamps, leg spreader bars, surgical blades, electric shock machines, and saws. He also had numerous sex toys, torture implements, syringes, detailed diagrams showing ways of inflicting pain, and had a homemade electrical generator that he used to power these toys. He also mounted a mirror on the ceiling of the trailer where the victims that were strapped in could watch him do everything to them, which is another kind of mind fuck. Cause you know what's happening, but to actually be able to watch it, what a fucking mind fuck. It's a new kind of torture, I think. Yep. Oh yeah. On top of physical and emotional, it's psychological. Mm -hmm. He also used wooden contraptions that bent them over and immobilized them. Well, he had his dog and other friends rape the victims. Lovely. He tortured many women with these tools with a bunch of accomplices and would involve his wife sometimes. And she was a willing accomplice, by the way. Wow. Again, like we talked about before. I know. Women be willing participants in violence on women. And his daughter. Yeah. And his daughter. Well, yeah. How can women, how can they be a part of this? Oh, this is great. Some of his accomplices, aside from his wife, were women that he had dated. So he's clearly finding all the psychopaths. All the fucked up women who have a lot of sexual hangups and shit. Yeah. So a lot of his accomplices were women that he had dated in the past. So he had his wife, he had his daughter, and then these other women that he had dated. He had an audio tape recording of his voice that he would play so that his victims could hear him when they regained consciousness. So the torture would be so extreme that they would pass the fuck out. And then he would have this tape recording and it would just be play over and over. And and that's all they heard was his fucking voice. That's another kind of fucking torture. Yep. He kidnapped five to six women a year and held them hostage for three to four months was the average. There were 
some that were lesser, but like it was three to four months generally. When he was done with his torture, he would try and erase their memories by drugging them with barbiturates and would abandon them on the side of the road, the highways. Cynthia Vigil was abducted by David and his girlfriend, Cynthia Handy, from an Albuquerque parking lot. They took her to Elephant Butte, B-U-T-E-T-T-E. I was going to say butt, but I think it's Butte. It's Butte. Okay. Where he had his trailer and tortured her. On March 22nd of 1999, three months after she was abducted, she managed to escape. Oh, good for her. Right? Wow. Because you don't hear about a lot of that. No, not a lot of escapes. Fuck no. Especially, like, with all the shitty contraptions he had in that place. Yeah. She waited until David left for work and managed to unlock her chains with the keys that his girlfriend, so the other Cynthia, left on a table that she could actually reach. Ah, dumbass. Yep. His girlfriend was still in the trailer, though, by the way. So his girlfriend noticed her attempt to escape and wrestled her down. She broke a lamp over the survivor's head. But once she was out of those chains, and I'm so proud of this woman, she grabbed an ice pick and stabbed the girlfriend in the neck. Good. Die, bitch. That's what she deserves. Fucking right, that's what she deserved. Cynthia only had an iron slave collar and padlock chains on her while she ran looking for help. So she's butt naked and that's all she's wearing. So she came across a nearby homeowner that helped her to their home and called the police. Poor woman running butt naked with chains and shit. Like, I mean, that would be scary in itself. Yeah, that would be really scary. And then inviting that into your your house. Like, so I'm very proud of people that can actually do that. Like, that's... Because I can see it from both sides. Like, I can For see sure. the fear Definitely. And, and scary. Yeah. Definitely. So this this person, this homeowner, went, oh, my God, took her in, took care of her, called the police. The escape led to the police finding the trailer and were able to capture David and his accomplices, some of them. They locked up David and his girlfriend or wife, whatever. Some, some places say girlfriend, others say wife. Yeah. So... She survived the ice pick in the neck. No. Yep. Yep. I'm actually kind of glad because death would have been the easy way, of, easy way out for that bitch. That's true. So, I mean, I'm glad she experienced it. But at the same time, I'm like, you know what? You've been not a good person. Oh. You've helped in the capture and torture and murder of a lot of these women. So a nice pick to the neck and death would have been like the easiest way out for her. Yeah. So I was, I was initially upset when I realized she survived, but at the same time I was like, you know what? No, she needs to fucking pay for what she did. Yeah. Another victim named Angelica Montano went to the police with a similar story. She said she was kidnapped and kept prisoner after her girlfriend invited her to her house to pick up some cake mix. Angelica convinced David and Cynthia to let her go, and they left her by the side of the road. An off-duty cop found her, and she told him what had happened to her, and he didn't believe her. So, instead of leaving her on the side of the road, he decided to just drop her off at a bus stop. Wow. So, she eventually did call the police after that and reported the incident, but nothing came from that either. Police identified another victim called Kelly Garrett from a videotape dated from 1996. They found her alive in Colorado after they identified her from a tattoo on her ankle from from the video. 
Kelly got into a fight with her husband and decided to go out and spend the night playing pool with her friends. David's daughter, Jessie, took Kelly to the Blue Water Saloon in Truth or Consequences, New Mexico, and she drugged her beer. She offered Kelly a ride home because Kelly obviously was too fucking high, stoned from the meds she gave her. So she offered to drive her home and she drove her to her dad's house instead. David tortured Kelly for two days and then drove her back to her house. David told her husband that he found her incoherent on a beach. He had a hard time believing that his wife didn't remember what happened to her because like he would ask her and she's like, I do not remember. Again, him trying to drug these people to erase her memory. Right. And he was like, what the fuck's going on? So they never called the police because she couldn't remember what happened. He divorced her as he didn't believe her story. He knew, he said that, you know, she's obviously covering some shit up. So he divorced her and she moved to Colorado. She was later interviewed on cold case files about her torture and everything she went through. The FBI sent about 100 agents to search David's property and the surrounding areas, but they found no human remains. David made a tape recording of himself telling one woman that the drugs he was giving her were, quote, sodium, pethanol, and phenobartabol, end quote. He used these to try and induce amnesia. David told the FBI that he was fascinated by a number of kidnapping cases that were sexually motivated and they actually listed them off, but there's a few of those that I had on my list of stories to tell, so I don't want to name them. The FBI had actually spoken with David in 1989, Mm -hmm. so like 10 years prior, about his business. (laughs) Get this. He manufactured and sold bondage-related sexual devices. I'm not surprised. Neither am I. Other possible victims that they had found included his daughter's former girlfriend named Jill Troia, who disappeared in 1995, and Billy Ray Bowers, who was found shot to death and floating in Elephant Butte Lake in 1989. A judge ruled that the cases for crimes against Cynthia, Angelica, and Kelly would be served. So he was facing separate trials for all three victims. The judge also ruled that most of the evidence that they found in his trailer couldn't be used as evidence for Kelly and Angelica's cases, unfortunately. First trial for Kelly resulted in a mistrial because two of the jurors said they didn't believe her story that it was unbelievable. David's defense was that the sex trailer, in quotations, was part of his fantasy life and that it was all consensual. There was a retrial and he was found guilty on all 12 counts. Good, thank the fucking darkness. Thank the fucking darkness. David agreed to a plea bargain with Cynthia for his daughter's involvement, so Jesse. He was sentenced in 2001 for 224 years in prison in exchange for a smaller sentence for her. She pleaded guilty for kidnapping and was sentenced to 2.5 years for time served. So she had already been serving that time. So 2.5 years with an additional five years to be served on top of that with probation. 
27-year-old Dennis Roy Yancey pleaded guilty in 1999 for helping in the kidnapping and murder of 22-year-old Marie Parker. He helped in luring Marie to her dad's fucked up sex trailer. He said that Marie was tortured by David and forced Dennis to strangle her to death. Her body was never found, but David had recorded her death and Dennis was sentenced to 30 years. Dennis was also charged with tampering of evidence, kidnapping of on two counts, conspiracy to commit a crime. David and his daughter, Jessie, were not charged in Marie's murder. Dennis was paroled in 2010. He had served 11 years in prison by that time. He was found to have violated his parole three months later and was charged for violating that. He served the rest of his sentence until 2021. That was last wow. year. So he's released now? Yep. David's girlfriend, Cynthia, testified against him and was sentenced to 36 years for participating in these fucked up fucking crimes. Like, fuck you, bitch. She was supposed to be released in 2017, but ended up serving two years of her parole in prison and was officially released on July 15th of 2019. David was taken in for additional questioning on May 28th of 2020, but died of a heart attack before they even could question him. Wow. And how old was he? So he was about 62 and a half. Weirdly enough, his <laughs> girlfriend Cynthia founded a street-safe New Mexico non-for-profit that helped reduce harm and violence against sex workers and other people living on the streets with someone named Christine Barber, and I couldn't find any information on that. So I don't know if she felt, like, super fucking guilty or if this is her way of being like, I'm a good person, but she's not. No, she's a fucking fraud is what she is. Yeah. little too late there, Cynthia. The end. Crazy. Right? Yeah. What's your story about? All right, I'll get into it. So my sources, RebeccaFrostWrites.com, Wikipedia.com, and a YouTube channel called Simple History. I titled my story Increasingly Violent. Trigger warning for mutilation, sadism, misogyny, sex work, sexual assault, and murder. What? <laughs> Listener's discretion is advised. Oh. <laughs> This serial killer was very skilled with technique. It was believed by some that he had some form of medical training. Tonight, we discuss Jack the Ripper. <gasps> oh, shut the fuck up! <laughs> yeah. He's on my list! <laughs> sorry. No, don't be sorry. <laughs> I'm actually curious to hear yours. Like, I've actually started writing about it, and I was like, no, I'll save it for another episode. So, I might still do it. <laughs> yeah, sure. Maybe. But you like, can cite from me! <laughs> Just kidding. Fuck you. <laughs> no, um, no, like I'm, it was going to happen. Yeah. One of us was going to do it. But like, I, I literally have it on my list of them. Yeah. Because it is a super fascinating and not in a good way story. Yeah, I've always been fascinated by Jack the Ripper. Oh my god, so have I. Okay. And the whole era of that. Right? It was, it was such horrible times Lots for England. fucked up. Yeah, I so much fucked so up. I am so excited to hear this. Go on. Buckle up. Fuckle the buck up. Fuckle <laughs> the buck up because it's gonna get 
<laughs> Fucked up. <laughs> All right, so... The individual who carried out these heinous and disturbing murders and mutilations was never found. Something that is interesting and pertinent to the story is the era that these murders happened. 1888, in the slums of East End, London, a very impoverished and dangerous area, specifically for women, even more specifically for sex workers. Female sex workers. Mm -hmm. There is a canonical five known as Ripper's Victims. It was merely weeks from the first to the fifth murder, and they were all killed in close proximity. All the women were sex workers, all of them mutilated in several fashions, and organs were removed from three victims. Let's get into it. Sounds awesome. Not really. Sounds like so much fun. It's a Friday for me. (laughs) I don't know about the rest of you. It's a good Friday. (laughs) The first victim was Marianne Nichols. She was found on Friday, August 31st, 19... Or, sorry. Fuck. Ah. Blah, 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 blah. The first. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yep. The first victim was Marianne Nichols. She was found on Friday, August thirty first, eighteen eighty eight, at approximately three forty a.m. She was found in Bucks Row of Whitechapel. Miss Emily Holland had seen Mary alive an hour before her death. The two women had shared a bed before, and Emily seen her walking in the direction of Whitechapel Road. Mary, along with all the other victims, died at the hands of someone who had some pretty deep rage and sadism coming from a very dark place. She was found with her throat severed by two very deep cuts. One of the cuts severed everything down to her vertebrae. Part of her abdomen had been ripped open by an aggressive deep wound. This injury caused her bowels to protrude. She had multiple other injuries to her abdomen on either side, and her vagina had been stabbed twice. Saturday, September 8th, 1888, one week later, Annie Chapman was found at approximately 6 a.m. near the entrance to Hanbury Street. Annie's throat was also cut twice, very deep, and her abdomen was completely cut open. Her small intestine had been removed and placed above her right shoulder, Part of the flesh from her stomach had been removed and was placed on top of her left shoulder. Her autopsy also revealed the removal of her uterus and parts of both her bladder and vagina. Can we pause? Mm-hmm. Those details have always fucked my shit up. Yeah, the weird stuff. Hey, like placing her intestines above her right shoulder. Why? I know. it's a, this. The whole thing of Jack the Ripper is so disturbingly fascinating. And just like, why? Why, yeah. why? why? Why did he do that? Yeah. Why did he or cut off parts of her she. flesh? Or she cut off parts of the st- flesh of the stomach and put it on the left shoulder. Why? Why? I know. And that's why I was like, what wave, the fuck? as Chantel's reading, I'm waving my right arm. I'm like, wait. <laughs> I have something to say. I, well, because again, this is a story I wanted to do. It's why. Yeah, it's strange. Like a whole lot. Anyway, go on. Sorry. That's okay. Annie had been seen a half hour before she'd been found dead. Elizabeth Long stated that she's seen Annie standing outside of 29 Hanbury Street with a dark-haired man wearing a deerstalker hat. Fucking styling. What's a deerstalker hat? They are hideous. Let me show you. Oh, that's a dumb-looking hat. (laughs) Fucking styling. What is it called? A deerstalking hat. Okay. Any douchebag on the face (laughs) of the earth that wants to be a douchebag, you can totally wear a deerstalking hat. Uh, unless you if you don't want to be a douchebag don't do it wow it just gets better you add some color to it and it's just like douchebaggery just gets better holy fucking shit 
Wow. <laughs> Why? Why would someone wear that and go, look at me? That looks I'm good. sexy. Fucking styling. What the actual fuck? Yeah, like that looks good. Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Why? It's a crime. Ugh. Should be illegal. Yep. It's not okay. Bad. Bad. It's not a good look. <laughs> Elizabeth Stride and Catherine Adoze were found within three quarters of an hour of each other on Sunday, September 30th, 1888. Elizabeth was found at approximately 1 a.m. in Dutfield's yard off Burner Street in Whitechapel. Elizabeth died from one clear cut across her throat. It severed her trachea as well as her carotid artery. There has been speculation as to the likelihood of Elizabeth being a victim of Ripper due to the lack of mutilation to her body. Or, others have said maybe he was interrupted by oncoming people, got spooked, and fled. Catherine was found three quarters of an hour after Elizabeth. She was found in Meter Square within the city of London. By now, Ripper's murders and mutilations were intensifying. Catherine's throat was slit ear to ear. Her entire abdomen was ripped open by another very aggressive, deep, and jagged wound. While reading that detail... Uh, I had shivers down my arms and down my back because all I could imagine was this twisted sick fuck literally ripping her skin open. Mm -hmm. Not even cutting, just grabbing her and just ripping. Yeah, the ripping of the Advin was very aggressive with this serial killer, but then everything else was so strategically done. Yes, I know. And that's but some of it was so sloppy. I know. And, and it's very weird. And the other thing I thought about was copycats too. There has been speculation of copycats with other murders yeah. that happened around the canonical five. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that there was copycats. Anyways, her intestines were placed over her right shoulder and a portion of her intestines had been severed and replaced between her body and left arm. Catherine's face had been mutilated. Her nose was severed. Her cheeks were gashed open. Her eyelids had strategic cuts measuring a quarter of an inch and half an inch vertically. Her left kidney and a major part of her uterus had been removed. And apex cuts, which pointed towards both of her eyes, had been carved into each of her cheeks. Later, a section from the oracle and lobe of her right ear had been found in her clothing. The postmortem that was conducted by a police surgeon stated that these mutilations would have taken at least five minutes to complete. The murders of Elizabeth and Catherine were known as the double event. At 2.55 a.m., a section of Catherine's bloodied apron was located at the entrance to a tenement in Golston Street in Whitechapel. Above her apron was an inscription written in chalk that read, the Jews are the men that will not be blamed for nothing. It basically implied that either a Jew or Jewish people in general were responsible for the murders. Obviously, we're not saying that's true or anything, just saying that's what was written. However, there is no clarity as to whether the writing had anything to do with the murder or bloodied apron, or if it was merely coincidence. A police commissioner named Charles Warren was fearful that the graffiti would ignite anti-Semitic riots and order the writing be washed away before dawn. Mary Jane Kelly is considered the final victim of the Canonical Five, but again, it's possible that there were more victims that we aren't aware of. Mary was horrifically mutilated beyond recognition. It's almost as if by this point, Ripper became increasingly more comfortable with mutilating and violating bodies, which makes it surprising that he potentially stopped at Mary. Typically, we see a pattern with serial killers in the sense that once their murders and mutilations take a significantly violent and gruesome turn, it perpetuates. 
Mary was discovered laying on her bed in the single room she lived in at 13 Millers Court in Spitalfields at approximately 10.45 a.m. on Friday, November 9th, 1888. Her throat had been severed down to her spine. Her abdomen had been emptied of mostly all organs. Her face was mutilated beyond recognition. Her uterus, kidneys, and one breast had been placed beneath her head. Other organs had been placed beside her foot. Sections of her abdomen and thighs had been placed on the table beside her bed. Her heart was the only missing organ slash piece of evidence from the crime scene. All five murders took place at night and on or close to a weekend, and they were either at the end of a month or a week into a new month. All the women were brutally eviscerated, with the exception of Elizabeth, who had no mutilation to her body. And again, it's suspected that if her murderer was Ripper, he fled the scene. Police surgeon Thomas Bond was requested to give his professional opinion on the extent of the murderer's knowledge and surgical skill. The opinion offered by Bond on the character of the Whitechapel murderer is the earliest surviving offender profile. Thomas based his assessment off of his own examination of Mary, who was the most heavily mutilated, as well as the post-mortem notes from the previous canonical murderers. He wrote, quote, All five murders, no doubt, were committed by the same hand. In the first four, the throats appear to have been cut from left to right. In the last case, owing to the extensive mutilation, it is impossible to say in what direction the fatal cut was made, but arterial blood was found on the wall in splashes close to where the woman's head must have been lying. All the circumstances surrounding the murders led me to form the opinion that the women must have been lying down when murdered. In every case, the throat was cut first. End quote. Although the physical evidence and consistency of technique gave a compelling argument that Ripper had surgical or butcher knowledge and skill, Thomas rejected the notion that the murderer had anatomical knowledge or otherwise. He even opposed the claim that he could have had, quote, the technical knowledge of a butcher or horse slaughterer, end quote. Thomas's opinion was rigid and conclusive that the killer was a human of, quote, solitary habits, end quote, subject to, quote, periodical attacks of homicidal and erotic mania, end quote. Considering the nature of the mutilations, it was a possible indication of satyriasis, which is uh, nymphomania. Thomas also claimed, quote, the homicidal impulse may have developed from a revengeful or brooding condition of the mind, or that religious mania may have been the original disease, but I do not think either hypothesis is likely, end quote. Apparently, there is no evidence that the murderer engaged in sexual activity with any of the victims, yet psychologists have said that the penetration of the victim's vaginas with a knife and, quote, leaving them on display in sexually degrading positions with the wounds exposed, end quote, suggests that the murderer gained sexual pleasure from the attacks. This speculation is challenged by others who dismiss the hypothesis as insupportable speculation. In addition to the unreliable witness statements and lack of evidence, an attempt at identifying the murderer was hindered by the lack of any surviving forensic evidence. Contamination from unregulated handling and little means of hand, sanitize, hand sanitization was a huge cause for loss as well. And that is my story about Jack the River. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a fucked up story. I'm so tired. It's getting light. Yeah. 
Okay, guys, that's a wrap for episode 22. Mm-hmm. Social media. Uh-huh. Find us on social media. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Our Twitter, even though we never use it, is MyRideOrDiePod. They suck. Yep. Instagram, MyRideOrDiePodcast. Instagram rocks. Mm-hmm. Yay! <laughs> it's one... It's our fave. Yeah. And we're on Facebook. Find us, MyRideOrDiePodcast. Email us, MyRideOrDiePodcast at gmail.com. What do we do with our complaints? Go fuck yourself! <laughs> the Where rest they of go? them? Oh, into the, the graveyard folder that we've created. Yep. Do you want to say anything about emailing us? <laughs> we may or may not read it. Like we'll let you know. Episode. We'll let you know. Have a great week coming up. Be safe. We love you guys. Thank you for supporting us. All of what she said. <laughs> Bye. Bye.